watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm happy to be here once again. Once again, we are on Mutiny Radio, as we are every Sunday, uh, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Make an afternoon of it. Was a big shout-out to Luke, uh, the show before us. Really good show, uh, what's really happening. Listen to mutinyradio.fm. Started at noon. Listen to Luke. Listen to our show at 2 Maybe you don't have the time. Why don't you check out our podcast? It's conveniently acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. So just search for those uh, and uh, you'll find our podcast or just listen to us every Sunday at radio.fm, our sponsor. So why don't you hit that donation button or Venmo at Mutiny Radio. Carl, very excited. Yeah. yeah. Do we have a preference? For, do, do we like Venmo or the donate button? Does it lead you to the same place? I would say do Venmo. That goes straight into Pam's pocket, as it were. So, uh, well, she's, you know, if you have a Venmo account, you check that shit. Carl, what movie are we watching today? Uh, today we are going to watch Pound 1970. P-O-U-N-D, Pound 1970. This is Robert Downey Sr. Yes. This movie is like a holy grail for me, Carl. I've been searching high and low and on YouTube. And apparently there was someone posted it a couple years ago. So I'm really thrilled that we're doing this movie. We're a big fan of Robert Downey Sr. This is our third Robert Downey Sr. movie we've done. We've done Greaser's Palace and we've done uh, Something Lips, right? Renting Lips. Rented Lips with Martin Mull and uh, Robert Downey Jr. See, yeah, they're related, by the way. So very excited. Uh, this is the part of the show where we do the celebrity comedian countdown where Carl dredges up one of his friends from New Jersey. Carl, yeah. what comedian do you have from New Jersey for us? <laughs> okay, just before I get started, because I don't think you mentioned it, the channel we like, okay, oh, yes. it's Pound 1970. The channel we like is Javier Gonzalez Pons. Okay, right, J-A-V-I-E-R, Javier Gonzalez Pons. So go ahead, click right Pound 1970. Click the link. Uh, look for uh, Javier Gonzalez Pound. Uh, he, I'm going to subscribe right now to his account. Uh, go ahead and click the link. Hit pause. Very important. Slide it to the left. Make sure you're at zero, zero, zero. We are all doing it. 
and we're going to do a countdown. Now, all right, let's get back to the countdown. What New yeah. Jersey comedian, what, Essex County, Bergen County? <laughs> <Southern Yeah. County? laughs> It so, is not a Jersey comedian. It's from your neck of the woods. It's Steve Maison, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, hey. Steve, buddy, Steve Maison. Hey, Steve. Hi, hi guys. Thanks for having me. Sorry, I sorry I uh, didn't didn't stay stay at home in Jersey. Actually, I've never <laughs> been to Jersey. I take that back. But uh, sorry, I'm not there. I feel like I'm disappointing people. If you've never been in Jersey, it's okay. You'll probably be okay, <laughs> but you are missing an experience. <laughs> What's also different about this celebrity comedian countdown is, Mike, you're going to be with us, so welcome to you as well. Yeah, Steve's going to be uh, joining us. Uh, Steve, Steve and I go way back. We're San Francisco comedians and uh, a great comedian. So it's, we just got off uh, a Steve uh, podcast. And we wanted Steve to, to be a guest on our podcast. So, yeah, you guys were fantastic. So, yeah, thanks for being guests on mine. And uh, yeah, it's always uh, it's always fun. Carl, you were great on the podcast as well. And Mike and I, as you said, have a have a history together. Uh, starting comedy in San Francisco, uh, I very close to the same time. I know Mike's been, Mike's been doing it a little longer. Just yeah, because uh, I remember uh, him helping me out so much when I started. Can we can we mention Ireland's thirty two real fast? Yeah. Were you there the night that a drunk woman was screaming and crying over Hugazian set? <laughs> and John Hugazian uh, put the microphone on the ground and walked away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I was there, but that's a legendary set. And uh, yeah, I lived with John for a while, so in one of the comedy condos in San Francisco. So. Oh, I we are you talking about Twenty First Avenue? That's right. Yes, you 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 spent time there, right? Yeah, I lived with Hoogie. I got Hoogie in there. Uh, it was Ron Lynch had a uh, uh, apartment, and all these comedians lived there throughout the years. Janine Garofalo, I believe Mark Marin lived there. Yeah, there is a Wikipedia uh, entry. My name's in Wikipedia, Steve. Thanks to that. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's and uh, I have a. Uh, my wife did a nice thing and framed it uh, on our wall in like our TV room. Um, of an article they did when it finally closed down. It was because it was like 25 years. Only comedians lived there. And they had a book in the apartment too about, like you said, all the all the famous comedians who lived there and yeah. went on to do cool things. But then an incredible, like a guest book as well of comedians who slept on the couches there. And, you know, Louis C.K., all those people, like when they came to town would come and either party or crash there. And um, yeah, so the, the, the Chronicle did a, did a big article on it. Um, and you're, yeah, your name, I think, in the article as well on that. That's how we all end up on Wikipedia. Yeah, that's right. It was a, it was a quote from the Chronicle. I have a red mark because so, I don't have any entries in Wikipedia. Yeah. Thank you, Chronicle. All right. That's yeah. why it's called Celebrity Comedian Countdown. Now, there is the Maison Movie Club. You mentioned we were on it. We did Scarface. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that podcast, cast, how it was born, and where people can find it. Yeah, you know, I have the, like, they, they say every comedian has a podcast, <laughs> but uh, I had toyed around with what I would do for a podcast forever, and then I realized, uh, and again, this is probably one of the reasons Mike and I uh, hit it off as, as friends besides comedians uh, when we, we first met. I, I find myself, no matter what, in every moment of my life, relating something to a movie I saw, you know, <laughs> yeah. as, as as something's happening, I'm like, this reminds me of that in that movie, blah, blah, blah. You know, so I was always talking movies anyway. So then I decided, well, if I'm going to start a podcast, it should be about movies. And uh, my mom is in a book club. So then I thought, well, 
What about a movie club instead of a book club? What about a, a, a book club for people who don't like to read? Um, unless it's subtitled. Uh, and so that was the idea. Uh, so each week I announce a movie and then uh, me and the, the people who listen to my podcast uh, on our own watch the movie and then they chime in, you know, through social media, their thoughts on the movie. And then I also have a guest, uh, you know, interview each week. So um, actually exciting. This week we're doing the Warriors. Right, right, right. I saw that on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. Great. And I'm actually going to talk to Fox, the guy who played Fox, Tom Waits, who was originally supposed to be the main warrior. And I guess him and the director didn't it didn't hit it off, Walter Hill. So uh, I'm excited. This should be this should be a good one. I usually this is this will be a good one. I usually don't have people that were in the movie on the podcast. Usually it's it's uh, it's funny people like you and Mike uh, to come and talk about it that way. Yeah. Uh, so where do people find that on iTunes or yep, iTunes, wherever you, wherever you find podcasts, uh, iTunes. Um, I don't think it's on SoundCloud, but, uh, every other, if you Google it, you'll come up on it. Yes. Yeah. You just put in Maison movie club. It'll come up and, um, yeah, would love to love people. The great thing is it's, uh, it's interactive. So not only do you do, do you listen to what I'm thinking? I, the people who listen, they chime in each week on social media and I include their thoughts on the podcast. It's a very savvy move, Steve, because you do engage uh, people on, on social media throughout the week. And, uh, yeah. So you know, I, it, is, it's, it, it really turns into what I what I talked about in the beginning is I end up talking movies anyway. So it's nice to, on um, my social media page, ends up being just talking movies uh, more and more. And so, yeah, there's even there's there's people, I'm sure, who um, just chime in each week and, uh, you know, haven't listened to all the podcasts or stuff, but they're they're featured regularly on the podcast because I include their thoughts. Very now, cool. and then, speaking of yeah. movies, you've got your own. It's more of a documentary. Yes. Um, it's a very clever title for yes. the situation that you found yourself in and to make the documentary. Why don't yes. you tell us about that? Yes. So uh, I started comedy in San Francisco in late 90s and then moved down to L.A. And I, I was about six years into my comedy career and uh, uh, got a cancer diagnosis. And, and it was stage four cancer. And they gave me a worst case scenario of five years to live at that point. This is 2004. Wow. And uh, so obviously uh, very shocking and uh, turned my life upside down for a little bit. And then um, I had asked myself, uh, you know, obviously, listen, I'm talking to you. So I've, I've lived past this worst case scenario diagnosis, but I didn't know that then. I, I had to really ask myself if I only had five years to live, what did I want to accomplish during that period? So uh, one of the things was I had always wanted to, you know, I got into comedy to perform on the David Letterman show. And uh, I think uh, as, as Michael attests to, a lot of times in comedy, you just, you just focus on the comedy part of it and mm -hmm. hope the other things come to you kind of thing. Like, Oh, someone will notice me. Like even even in San Francisco, it was get good at comedy, and eventually the clubs will notice you and invite you to be there. Um, but I kind of, if I only had five years, I had to turn that on its head and kind of yes. pursue it rather than wait for it to come to me anymore. And so uh, I started up at that time. It was a project just called Dying to Do Letterman, mm -hmm. and uh, I had a website uh, with that where people could see my comedy. And when I performed at clubs. Um, I asked people, if, hey, if you think I'm good enough, I'm trying to get on Letterman, drop him a thing. And said, you know, I was trying to get attention so that they would look at me. And um, uh, eventually a couple of filmmakers uh, heard about my project and uh, decided to make a documentary and follow the journey of it. So I had given myself a year to get on Letterman. And that's basically the basis of the documentary. But yeah, it's on Amazon. It, um, it won a bunch of awards at film festivals across the country. We're in 
Oscar consideration, and uh, um, it's got a bunch of famous comedians who were on David Letterman, Ray Romano, Brian Regan, um, Kevin Nealon, mm-hmm. um, Larry Bubbles Brown of San Francisco legend. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's got a, a little something for everyone. It's kind of like, uh, you know, it's you say cancer in documentary, I say I'm, I'm busy. <laughs> um, so it's it's not that kind of kind of film. It's 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 much more uh, lighthearted uh, and about me, you know, going to achieve this goal and and what what it would take to get there. So um, yeah, and I, I don't mind like I, you know, if it was my own film, I'd feel weird bragging about it. But it's a I'm not kidding when I say it's a really good film. I haven't met anyone who watched it and did not enjoy it, and uh. they're not just being nice. I know the, the people who would just be nice and stuff. Uh, I don't, I'm not bragging about myself, the filmmakers who may, it's like when you read a book sometimes mm-hmm. and then they make it a movie and people are always like, oh yeah, they didn't, they didn't do a good job changing it. Like it's my story. I'm not bragging about my story, but the movie itself is a very good movie. They told the story very well. Very good. We, we should mention a second spoiler. You actually did get on Letterman. I did. And, yes. Yes. Spoiler alert. Have- it, it, it has a happy ending to it. Not only me still being alive uh, this many years later, but also, <laughs> you also got Letterman. But I, Steve, I, I was watching you when that happened. He gave like probably very curt, like it was professional. He gave yeah. gave you enough space for you to perform. He didn't undercut anything, but no oxygen whatsoever in that introduction. He didn't, you know, he didn't tip his hat about your your thing, but no. he didn't really give you much, and you killed it. I have to tell you, like it was a good set, and I've really seen like people uh, who have that opportunity nail it and you did and especially it was vindication from that intro like he, yeah. he i don't know how did you feel about that intro i don't know if it's brought up in the documentary no 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 he's yeah so there's no in the in the intro there's no uh and you can see it it's on it's on even just that without seeing the documentary you can see in the documentary we show because we couldn't we could you you couldn't get rights to the full thing we couldn't show my whole set but you could show one minute legally under documentary fair use stuff. So uh, in the movie itself, it's chopped up a little. You see portions of my performance uh, mixed with me practicing it, how many times I practiced it before going on. But on YouTube, you can just see through Letterman and their company, you can see the whole my whole set on Letterman and his whole introduction that you're talking about. Um, he uh, he never mentions the, the, the project. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know that Letterman himself knew about the project uh obviously uh-huh. the booker the booker of the show did but letterman at that point was so far removed this isn't this isn't too far after the the kind of letterman scandal with the intern that he was sleeping with yeah mm-hmm. again within five years or six years letterman was off the air because he was kind of you know at the end of his rope a little bit i knew people who wrote for him at that point who had never met him he was he's you know he's not a wasn't a hands-on guy like that so i don't know that he knew the whole story uh, before it happened, like I said, if there if there was what if it was Leno or anyone else, they would know the story before it happened. But Leno would be the one guy who, or Letterman would be the one guy who wouldn't. Yeah. Know. But anyway, yeah. so he has a, a very funny intro that he gives me about I'm playing wise guys. He, you know, they'll usually plug a club. You can catch this guy at you know the, the Gotham or the Punchline, and and he he has a I'm working wise guys, which was the first one of the, my favorite clubs because it was the first club to really you know give me notice and, and headline me and stuff, and so. That's what I used as the as the plug, um, and then he so he makes a couple jokes about that, and then as you say, Mike, he goes right into the introduction and say, "Please welcome, he's making his, you know, first appearance on the show, uh, Steve Mazon." 
Um, but no, yeah, no mention, and no one in the audience either. The, the, the before the show, the warm-up guy doesn't mention any of that stuff, and no one in the audience knew what it took at that point for me to get there. That yeah, that's great. I mean, that, that's for the better. I mean, I yeah, a hundred percent. It made me feel, yeah, like I did it just as a comedian. Right, uh, you're just yeah, doing your point, Yeah, yeah. At that point, um, I'm still in the thick of it. That's 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 five years. It almost took the whole five years of that diagnosis to, to, to make that dream happen. But, uh, you know, now that I'm here, you know, this, this far later, I was like, oh, maybe, what, what if I would have done it differently? Of course, I mean, this is hindsight. I didn't know. At, th at that point, I'm, I'm pulling out everything I can, even to just get noticed by them so that they would look at me in the first place, let alone get on the show. So, um, yeah. Would it yeah. have been different, right? Yeah. And then we should mention there's a book too, right? See? Yes, yes. So the people who do the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, um, uh, you know, uh, in the buzz about the whole project, and then the the documentary um, made it made a book version of it, uh, and it, it's written by written by me. So it's the the one actually full length book I've I've written. So uh, cool. yeah. So uh, same title, Dying to Do Letterman, and again, it's on Amazon. I'll give you your money back if you don't like it. Watch it, and if you don't like it. I will say, and you have to watch all the way to the end. That's the way Amazon. Yes, hundred percent. Yes, you must watch, watch all the credits. <laughs> it's just not fair that they do that. Okay, so we're going to watch this movie now. It's Robert Downey Sr. It is Pound, nineteen seventy. Uh, we like this Javier channel. Uh, why don't you, Steve, count us down, and we'll all press play at the same time. Okay, you so now just to, you're ready to press play too. Don't forget yourself. Yeah. Right. And so we're going to go on uh, three, two, one, press. That's how we're going to do it, okay? Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Three, two, one, press. All right, away we go. This is off the MGM uh, channel. You can tell mm -hmm. it a little logo up there. Right. <laughs> Someone videotaped it. I now, love this that. this film was almost lost forever, uh, but the cameraman's ex-wife happened to have a 35 millimeter print in her closet. It what? was, huh? yeah, that's, they thought it was lost forever. It was so damaged that it couldn't be put into a projector. It had to be digitally scanned and they brought it back to life. And now it's filling up time on the MGM network. That's amazing. <laughs> right. Now, yeah, I've never even heard of this movie until you guys mentioned it. It's crazy. You never yeah. heard of Pound? Okay. No. Well, this is the first appearance of Robert Downey Jr. ever. Really? Wasn't he younger in another movie? Nope. This, this is his debut, and he has a speaking part, too. Unless he was an infant or something, but the internet claims that this was his debut. Wasn't he a baby in Greaser's Palace, remember? Or the boy? No, he was older in Greaser's Palace. Let me just take a look here. Uh, Greaser's Palace was 72. Okay, this is 70. And he didn't talk in Greaser's Palace, as you remember. Now, here we already have our Stan Lee cameo. Stan Lee as in Stan Lee? Stan Lee. Well, this is a Robert Downey Jr. film, so Stan Lee will He's make come an appearance. In. He's calling okay. to Rodney, his missing dog. He's lost his dog. Steve, are you familiar with the work of Robert Downey Sr.? I'm not really. In fact, yeah. What? Um... I'm, I'm I'm waiting. Obviously, none of these these characters yet are Robert Downey Sr., right? No, he won't appear himself. Have you heard of uh, 
of uh, Putney Swope. No. Okay, that's his big claim to fame, Putney okay. Swope. Yeah, that's a good one. It's about like a radical ad executive who uh, combines, you know, uh, revolution chic for advertising. And it's a, it's a sharp parody. He's also famous for Mad Magazine Presents Up the Academy, which Mad Magazine... Oh, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, he yeah. did that. I've seen that for sure. Uh, Hugo Poole, I think he passed away. He's an avant-garde New York City uh, director and also known to be the father of Robert Downey Sr., uh, Jr. And uh, we like his films. They're not they're not very good, but, you know, they're, they're not very good. Okay, now you can see that a couple was just shot on the street, and they were shot by the honky killer. Well, he had good aim because he, he shot a couple honkies. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, that's my bumper sticker. How could you if you're the hockey killer? <laughs> so is this like cable in Israel? I don't know the answer. It's just it it seems like the subtitles are not part of the original film, right? I of course it's not, but I mean the original channel. If you look at the MGM logo, right. it really looks like these Hebrew characters are superimposed, right? Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm putting money down. This is an Israeli MGM cable network. So thank you uh, for down, uh, uploading this onto YouTube. Now, you see the woman in the chair there. She is the wife of uh, the serial killer, the honky killer. And she, the reason I bring it up is, remember in Greaser's Palace, we saw Alan Arbus? Yes. Who, who Steve, you might know as the doctor on MASH. Uh, she was married to him. So I oh. guess it was in the circle of people who knew Rob Downey Sr. We, we've seen uh, Rented Lips and uh, Beaster's Palace. Are any of those actors in this movie, Carl? Did you notice any faces? Yeah. yeah. It, most of them are... Oh, uh, and no, maybe not. It's Putney Swope, I was about to say. Most of these... Chafed Elbows, Putney Swope, Greaser's Palace, and Pound, you're going to find the same actors, and I'll point them out as we go. Yeah, I knew he was. Uh, I knew he was an actor, but yeah, I wasn't familiar that uh, again, even that I had seen some of his work unknowingly. Now he's got twenty acting credits and only eighteen director credits. Does that make him more of an actor? I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, equal at least, right? Yeah. And what was that film we saw? Um, it Mental was Lips? no, but the one with uh, Michael Michael Hall. Uh, Oh, is it, oh, Hail Caesar? Yeah, Hail Caesar. He was in that. Remember, he was the butler? Yeah, so Hail, Hail Caesar, we recommend, is a, is a rock band called Hail Caesar, and it's Michael Anthony Hall's band. We and don't recommend it. It's shot in 1994, and Samuel L. Jackson shows up in a scene. Uh, he has the same sideburns he had in Pulp Fiction, but he's not wearing that Jerry uh, curled wig. Oh, really? Yeah. So he must have just went across the set and shot this scene and went back. <laughs> but Robert Downey Sr. and Jr. show up because they're friends with Michael Anthony Hall. Now, Mike, you see they're all dogs, right? Yeah. The oh, I saw her. will make them all switch to humans. Is she going to bend over again? Uh, yeah, well, she will be doing stuff like that. See how yep. they've now become humans. Whoa. Well, I knew that because that dog was wearing glasses beforehand. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And he had the same mustache. 
So this is like New York theater off Broadway, off off Broadway. Uh, yeah, and it's off awful. Oh, Walt Disney uh, font. Now this uh, guy, <laughs> he's terrible, man. Um, quick, they, find the comedian. Name the comedian in the room. What comedian got a role in this movie? I don't think. I think this guy, Fester, Uncle Fester. Oh, Uncle Fester. His is name Fester, is Lawrence Wolf, and he's um, he's Robert Downey Sr.'s favorite actor. Hey, was that the comic in the background right there? And there's no comic. <laughs> oh, is it, who's the comedian that does the boxer routine? I like that guy. I know he's in. You know. Connor Kellicott? Uh, he was in Brain Donors. He was, uh, oh, I'll, I'll, when I remember 20 minutes later, I'll let you know. You'll yeah, right. Me. Brain Donors, the one we saw with, uh, or did we see Brain Dead? We saw Brain Dead. Brain yeah. Donors was like a, a Marx Brothers parody, like Marx Brothers type film where there was a smart talking guy and a guy pretending he was Italian and then a mute. Now, this guy talking right now, he, he wants to... He knows they're all going to get killed, you know, because that's what happens to stray dogs in the town. So he wants to kill the, um, uh, the, the keeper when she comes to the door. Now, he was in Greaser's Palace. That's Don Calfa. Don Calfa. Yeah. So this is like existentialist. We're going to watch him die. Just, you know, I, I, Carl, I did some research on my own. Uh-huh. I went to doesthedogdie.com. <laughs> that won't apply. It's listed, but no, there's no nobody responded. Oh, it, 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 the, the website itself doesn't do the research? Did the dog die? You have to crowd surf it. You go, yes, the uh -huh. dog died. Yes, there was uh, <laughs> gaslighting. Yes, uh, there was now, some... You saw um, Weekend at Bernie's, and there was the hitman who was always screwing up. That's him. Oh, God bless you. Wow, this yeah. is good. Great eye. I could check oh, that out. The IMDB told. <laughs> you look at other, you do more research than just IMDB, IMDB and Wiki. Yeah, and that's you, right. You that's right. Deep stuff. Yeah, it's just that with Don Kalfa, uh, you only have to go as deep as IMDB for them to give you the bio. Because he's really weakened at Bernie's. Now look, look at, you see him look, grabbing look, on her boobs, oh, right? That's, yeah. That's um, Robert Downey Sr.'s wife. That is the mother of Robert Downey Jr. Oh, wow. Wow. And she's getting felt up. So this is a dramatization of the conception of... Oh, here goes another dog. Yeah, but, this guy's shtick is... He's like, I could have been a writer, but I never had a pencil. I don't know. This is kind of dumb, this whole thing. We, we could listen to it. I mean, we, our show, we don't really, other than Hebrew subtitles, there's no subtitles. So uh, if it's a lot of audio stuff, we kind of miss it. But yeah. it seems like everyone's doing their own actory thing. Yeah. This guy's physical. Yeah, this guy is like, his whole character is, I am Jewish. I, I don't like characters like that. The one-trick pony. Now, he was on Pacifica radio stations, WBAI especially, yeah. um, and he was on a PBS show called The Great American Dream Machine, which was Chevy, Chevy Chase's showcase. His name's Marshall Efron. Dream Machine? On yeah. PBS? Yes. Jeez, that's a deep dive. All right, I'll have to check okay. it out. 
This guy was in Putney Swope. Now, Mike, even though we didn't see Putney Swope, you've seen it, right? I have seen it. It's, I, I like that movie a lot. I think it's strange that the director dubbed over the main actor and used his goofy voice, but, you know, it's yeah. part of the... It's a weird, weird choice. I like that film, and I chased the dragon. I saw Mad Magazine presents up the Academy in the theater. I told you this. Boris's mom took Boris and I yep. over to see it. Boris and, Cole, but you know him, Steve. You know Boris Cole. Yeah. Shout out to Boris. But there's a scene where the uh, general is getting ready to and for a party, and he has condoms, and he's talking to his dog, like Beetle Bailey, Otto. So he uh -huh. has this, like, Otto dog. And he throws the dog a condom, and the dog starts chewing it. And I just remember how mortified Boris's mom was. <laughs> she invited. The, she had two 12-year-olds come and watch this movie. Mad Magazine fanatics, right? This is Mad Magazine. How can you go wrong? Right. Yeah. I still look for that movie. I can't find it. I remember it was all. It was all over cable when we first got cable. Wow. Yeah, I can't remember the. I can still even remember the artwork. Wasn't it? Was it was like you know a statue outside of the. The college hall, but it was Alfred E. Newman, of course, Let right? Let me worry. Yeah, and there's like pigeon droppings on his right. top of his, yeah. Well, they cut all that out. They um, intro, they they took out the beginning and the end where, where uh, Alfred E. Newman is walking. I, I saw a different film. It might have been a film we watched, Carl, where there was an Alfred E. Newman uh, person walking around dressed up as Alfred E. Newman. I did not catch that, so I don't think we saw it together. All right. Now, this actor here, I really like him. He didn't really go on to do anything. His name is George Morgan. He was in Greaser's Palace in Putney Swope. That's it. He was also in something called... No, he wasn't. No, that's it. He, I think he's really good. Now, he's asking this woman, are you scared to die? And what's weird and creepy is he will go on to die in 1971. Oh, wow. Oh, one year after this. Yes, but it could even be months away, depending on when it was shot. Are you saying that that actress danced on his grave after that scene when he died? That's horrifying. <laughs> Her name's Louise Lucille Rogers. Uh, she was in Pound. Uh, she was in The Goldbergs, which is a TV show, but it was 1940. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a, a woman uh, named, I've got her name, but it was a uh, Jewish sitcom, revolutionized television. To have uh, a Jews on television is that the was that the revolutionary yeah. part? Yeah, that's the revolutionary part. There were Jews on TV. Before. Oh, no TV for for Jewish yeah. people. Um, that just, guy, he kind of looked like the guy who you said died. Uh, he kind of looked like a David Caruso kind of. Yeah, he's got that. So they're trying to escape. Well, the thing is, it won't lead anywhere. That's what this movie's going to do to us. It's going to have all these segments, and it never leads to places. It's also going to have deceptive segments in which you think the plot is changing, and then right. you find out, no, it was all a dream. I, I, I hate that sort of thing. So wait a minute. We already have the honky killer. Yes. And then we have dogs that we know are going to die, so it doesn't really matter what they say. Kind of. Oh, okay, here we go, another upskirt. Now, I want to remind you that this is 1970, so yes, we will get an upskirt. Nice sticks, as they used to say. It'll be the boxer. His name's Stan Gottlieb. He was in Slaughterhouse-Five, but not as anything good. Well, I mean, have you seen Slaughterhouse-Five? There's nothing good there. 
it was a good book. It was a weird movie. It's it's okay. It's a flop. I didn't, I didn't see the first one. <laughs> His my favorite credit for this boxer, the Stan Gatlieb, is a cold turkey man on operating table. He was man on operating table, uncredited. Oh, so have you seen Cold Turkey? That's a great movie. Yeah. Do you recommend yeah, it in my DVD queue? If it's on TV, watch it, but don't put it on the queue. It's, it's oh, okay. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for being honest. Yeah. It's he's a preacher, and this. Tobacco company oh, wow. decides to do a promotion where if this town could quit smoking for 30 days, uh, they'll they'll give money to the town. I know it, yeah. That sounds familiar now that you explain it. I didn't, yeah. So maybe the doctor is jittery because he didn't have a smoke and he's on, he's there's a man on the operating table and he's like, whoa, you know? Okay, now here comes a dog and it will be Robert Downey Jr., and when you see his face, you'll see him. It's him. Were those guys, uh, I couldn't tell. Were they smoking pot? Were they, or was that just normal? Well, they no, giggled throughout pot. the whole thing. They were, they were in the front seat having a toe. Yeah, okay. So this is pre, this is uh, pre uh, Cheech and Chong. That's, you didn't get a lot of that. From... Yeah. Hey, there he is. You can tell from his goatee, it's Robert Daddy Jr. <laughs> you know what? See his glowing chest, right? Now, if you'll turn the sound up, this guy is a hairless Mexican. That's his basement. We lay down in the southwest corner. He's going to say, the lights go out, the wind is blowing, but we're all hanging on to each other like one piece of fear. You can see his face in. Next morning, we go upstairs. There's no more furniture. The roof's gone, and so's my hair. That tornado scared me so much, it made my hair disappear. Have any hair on your bow? That's his big line. Wait a minute. That's his. That's the father's line to his son. Yeah. No, this this guy was not a good father. You know that, Mike. <laughs> no, but he well, wasn't. He he got his son high on pot. At what age, Mike? Oh, uh, I don't, are we talking about Robert Downey Sr. Yeah. Gave yeah. A joints often. I don't know often. I can't say that, but he definitely got Robert Downey Jr. high as a little boy, younger than eight. All I know is Honey Boy with Shia LaBeouf, and uh, his father got him high at 12, so that's all I really know. Come on, Mike. You do know. <laughs> Robert Downey Sr. was a skunk who got his kid high. It's true. Listen, nothing bad happened to his kid. Sure, he was. Was the mom in on it? Obviously, they were pretty close at this point. Well, they got divorced. I have to look up when. Uh, but uh, the mom was in the picture, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they didn't right? divorce until the 80s. So, yes, okay. the mom was there. So we changed the storyline now, right? Now we have humans or these dogs at the airport? Well, no, see, that's one of the things that bothers me about this film. These two are in the pound, in the cell, talking... And Robert Downey Sr. has taken us out of there and put them at uh, LaGuardia Airport for some reason. You can't smoke in the pound. You can smoke at the airport. <laughs> right. Smoke at the airport. This is going to be like lost, right? Like what's what's really happening? Yeah. Do they have, do they have to go back, Carl? Back They're not. They never left. They're really there. And and also, it, it's pointless. It's going to turn into like a – they're going to – make out to the point of having sex 
It's just dumb. I don't know. This whole film is kind of dumb. It's parody and satire. It's something I call par satire, uh-huh. where they're showing the microcosm of human nature uh, through the, the behavior of... Help me out, Steve. I'm lost. Yeah, no, no, no. I was, I was, I was, I know the genre you're talking about, uh, but yeah, I can't describe it as well. But yeah, it's a, it's a whole uh, subgenre that's, uh, it's very popular, especially around this time. Ooh, finally, it earns its non-rating. Yeah. Who's, who is she, uh, Carl? Do you have any? Her uh, name's uh, Carolyn Groves, and she really doesn't have much to her credits, but she was in Six Degrees of Separation in '93. Hmm. Huh. And what's interesting about her is in 61, she was in this show called Way Out. Way Out was a was a was like a macabre kind of thing. It was a TV show hosted by Roald Dahl, of all interesting people. Wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah, she's beautiful. That's what I would expect her to do. Maybe, yes, yeah, seen her. That's, prob- that's probably the one example of Jews not being on TV. It was Ron, Ron Dahl's television show. <laughs> <laughs> it was in his contract. It's a cool name, Way Out. It makes me think of the Flintstones when they had that band called The Way Out. Yeah. yeah. And um, she was on. She was in Dark Shadows in 1966, which was that like horror TV show. Right. Doesn't have much credits, but uh, you're right that she's very pretty. And um, I don't know. I just think Way Out was interesting. That was an interesting series. I get. It. Was it an anthology? Was it like Hello, I'm Ron Dahl? I've I've never seen it. It just it it purports itself to be macabre, and you can see when you it's not in front of me right now. But when you saw the like ad for the TV show, it was something creepy and horror esque. I think horror might have been her little uh, niche. Her but she definitely she definitely has the hair for somebody from Dark Shadows. Yeah, I caught that there's a uh, there's a antenna TV station that I pick up that uh, that every once in a while has some Dark Shadow episodes on, and yeah, it's kind of fun to. That's cool, Steve. You have rabbit ears. Rabbit ears? Yeah, still going. <laughs> like Dark Shadow shows up. You're watching Dark Shadow. Sha- maybe, yeah, maybe maybe it's not being shown. Maybe I'm going to, because I have have that antenna, maybe it's, yeah. it's taking me back to when that antenna was popular. Do you have um, horizontal hold and vertical hold? And <laughs> <laughs> I got to switch when I put my Atari in. I got to go switch TV or game. <laughs> the whole thing. How many seconds for the little light to disappear when you turn it off? <laughs> yeah, three or four. Now we're having like another, like he takes us somewhere else. They're they're all like at a meeting of like the workers' party now, and oh yeah, there's the fez dressed up weird. Yeah, the fez. You saw the fez. That's um, uh, Don Kalfa again. <laughs> I it's his mustache. I see his face. Yeah, he looks familiar. Was he on Barney Miller, Carl? No, no, that he wasn't. He does he, have that look. Yeah, someone would be on there. Yeah. Oh, look at this. It's seventy. It's nineteen seventy. They're scabs. Proud scabs. They yeah, they're. Okay. They've they've, they've they've they like uh, like today with the N word. They they have taken the scab work back. They they don't. It's not derogatory. It's on their their flag there. Super cool athletic. Band. Now they're doing a song. 
it's so 70 his well 60s like experimental theater yeah now listen obviously these people uh the downies themselves getting felt felt up and and writing did he write this as well or just yeah he wrote it yeah so obviously listen they're smoking pot along with their son and uh yeah it always cracks me up that then when it's portrayed on uh in the movie like it's two goofballs in the front seat, like going crazy, like Cheech and Chong. You know what I mean? <laughs> but but you wrote this on that, like you. It had to be much more calm. You know what I mean? The the portrayal yeah. of 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 potheads. It's never just that's the, cool the killer, show. by the way. Yeah. But oh. coincidentally, he walked past. Oh. Okay. Oh, How many times have you seen this movie, Carl? I know you have to watch these films repeatedly. This is my fourth time. I'm sorry to report. So this guy was robbing the pound keeper, but she didn't have any money. So he's like, she goes, all I have is dogs. He goes, worth anything? So he's come here to steal Robert Downey Jr., who now has his second speaking line. They're all going to die, he says. Let's see if we can catch it. Oh, no, I guess we missed it. Now, the o- this is one of the only funny things about the film, because he came there to rob her, and she goes, that'll be $5. And she's like, say what? Because that'll be $5 for the pooch. Money pays. She doesn't have any money. And he, then he pays her. Oh, wait, that's the killer, the honky killer behind No, <laughs> no, no, no. That's just his criminal partner. Oh, his backup guy. Checking, checking for cops during this town robbery. Listen, I got a barking dog and no one letting him in, so I got to go let him in. Now, sure. if you listen to this, he, he – well, it's too late, I guess. He just consents and gives her – oh, here's – Yeah, he's giving her how he sees. Well, there we go. There's a joke. She's a, she's a very early Marsha Warfield for the, the – uh, yeah. From uh, Night Court. Night Court. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm going to get. Uh, this is how business is done here. Well, that's it for I those thought. guys. Dog thieves have left the movie. Good job, Wallace. Good job. Well, I want to thank the crew first and foremost. Pound I wonder away. if it ever was a suggestion that they would all be nude since, you know, the dogs are nude. You would figure this would be the, the appropriate uh, place for everyone to get naked, yeah. pretending to be dogs in the pound. Oh, boy, was my dog glad to see me. Now, these two are interesting, okay? The one on the right is famous for being a tap dancer, of all things. Hmm. The one on the left was in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. He was in The Sting. He was in Policewoman TV series. Let me find this tap dancer story. It's interesting. Yeah, all these guys, all these actors look so familiar. Yeah, their sideburns are familiar. <laughs> it's true. It looks like he gave up halfway through with that sideburn. You know, so one of, one of the things, Steve, I like about your show is that you ask for porn names for the yes. movies you're watching. So we're watching Pound, and I think I wrote, I got, I got a porn name. <laughs> is it? Is there any change? No, actually, did I tell you this one already? It's Pound. It is Pound. It is Pound. It's Pound. Pound. 
Dougie style, that's probably a follow-up. Oh, that's a good one. I'm going to well, go with uh, P-Hound. P-Hound? Yeah, there you go. Put just, add an, just add an H in there and see if that... Uh, here it is. His name's Chuck Green, and he's playing the part of Mutt, and he's a tap dancer. When he was nine, he was brought to New York by a talent scout to study tan tap dancing. A famous talent agent, Nat Nazaro, signed Green up as a client when he was just 12 years old. He and his childhood friend, James Walker, teamed up and called themselves Shorty and Slim. Walker mm. was a talented comic dancer and would... would uh, they changed their name to this and that. They played New York's Palace Theater until 1944. They toured Europe, Australia, U.S., Radio City Music Hall, the Paramount, Apollo, Capitol Theater. Jobs were plentiful. Five stage shows a day, playing nightclubs until early morning and touring nonstop with big bands across the country and abroad. In 1944, due to Green's stress, the team broke up and Green was committed to a mental institution where he stayed for 15 years. Wow. Man. And now he's out and being in pounds. What a Where's life. Where's he singing at him and he's <laughs> Is this guy acting like Hitler, the guy with the Hitler mustache? Uh, he did do that bit. You saw it earlier when they were in their workers group. No, right now he's uh. saying... Um, if you give me some iced tea, I will impregnate you, and it will be the Messiah. It's stupid. It's stupid. The whole thing's stupid. Give it a listen if you want. Uh, next time, right. next time there's some two people talking to each other, turn it on. I guarantee you it's nonsense. All right, challenge accepted. I told you to take it easy, but when I seen you, it was restless. I didn't say nothing. Come on. You took your purple heart down to the pawn shop. Did I say anything? What yeah, you said something. About? At the time, I took my purple heart to the pawn shop. I'm like, how much can I get for this? Like, oh, I don't know. The war's not that popular, so uh, <laughs> a dollar. And I'm like, wow, 1970s dollar. I took purple yeah. heart. Let me just say. Uh... My uh, my sync with your you turning up the sound is, is dead on. We, we'll hit play at the right time if 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 there's no other success to this. Then great countdown. Yes. Okay. You now know, we're uh, going to see the honker honky killer gets another victim as these two innocent people who are doing it in public will get. Mm -hmm. Oh, I thought she was dying. Oh, I, was shot. I thought they were dogs. We're we're now with two irrelevant actors. They're not even credited in the film, and they will be shot by the honky killer. Is that the honky killer? Yes. Man, well, he's taking his time. He's okay, so that horn. They're interviewing Robert Downey Sr., right? And he says, who's the best actor you ever worked for, worked with? He goes, there's this bald-headed guy in a lot of my films called Larry Wolf. He's the best. I didn't have to say much to them. He says, much to him, he says, I got it, and then goes and does something else. He's great. <laughs> Crazy. Well, they're in sync. Uh, Look at that. Got him right in. Go. After midnight, we gonna let it all hang out. Hey, you guys ever get shot while having sex? It is such a fucking rush. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, if you, if you liked getting choked, you'll love getting you'll choked. You'll love getting shot. How do we amp this up? It's a puts the omega in orgasm. <laughs> now, you had said that many of the actors look familiar, and they should. This yeah. is another one. You can see he's in the real world right now, so he's a greyhound. Uh, but I won't tell you who he is until you see his face. Maybe you'll know. How old are you, Steve? Yeah, 50. So Okay, this is... you might. Yes. This guy's just a tiny bit before your time, though. But yeah, I was, uh, you know, but my dad was one of those that would, yeah, would take me to everything. We'd watch old stuff. So, okay. So I'm usually pretty good about even the decade or so before me. Yeah. Okay, good. Now, this was a TV show, though. So. Okay. It wasn't like tri-state area commercial for like Levitz or some shit like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Me and Mike have in common all the tri-state area commercials. Yeah. Uh, all the you Broadway know. shows, like Pathmark right. Guy. We've seen them all. Crazy. The Pathmark Guy. Carvel. Right. Fudgy the Whale. Fudgy the Whale. Poor, poor West Coast guys don't have that experience. No, there's not really. Yeah, it doesn't get as local out here in Chicago, where I grew up. We had we had, of course, like the Empire carpets and all that kind of stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah. So Chicago is where you hail from originally. Okay. Yeah, that's the that's the hometown. Was there like a Broadway in Chicago? Like, would you see ads for like a Vita and shit like that? Yes, exactly. Yep. Yeah, yeah. There was kind of a yeah downtown theater district, and in fact, that's one of the one of the commercials I always remembered was the Avita one because that was so popular. Oh, don't cry for me, Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, didn't we just do a movie and the singer of Evita was in it? Uh, the original singer? Wait, are you talking about Evita? Evita? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We just saw it. Maybe it was last week. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Well, last week was a Clash movie. Right. Last week was the Clash. So it was the week ahead of that, which isn't in oh. front of me right now. Well, we don't have any backup episodes, Carl. Uh, no, <laughs> we do not. We are recording. Uh, All right. We are in trouble. Yeah. Hey, June 27th, rock and roll. Give it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. We are good until, yeah, June 27th. Yeah. Yeah. That's Man, uh, last during, week. During lockdown, we recorded like six a week. Yeah, I'll bet. Then, yeah, kind of you could expand and, yeah. Yeah. Backlog them all. Well, it was good because, you know, we our lives go different directions, and there's some times where we can't do it, so we had a backlog. We had a backlog. Now, this is a penguin. This guy is in his tuxedo. He's not a dog. He's a penguin. But we don't know that yet. Is that right or no? No, he's talking about it right oh, now. Okay, just, yeah, through him talking. He's kind of a Klaus Kinski and... Uh... Well, he's in the band. Yeah. John Malkovich angle mixed together. The gay dogs. Oh man, are they going to gas them yet or what? Are they going to inject them? How do they kill these dog puppies? Yes, it's gas. Oh my god. So you got a Hitler guy, Hitler impression, and then they gas the, the ensemble at the end. Now, do you recognize that nose? You recognize that face? Yeah, it's the Levitz guy from Chicago. <laughs> That's right. No, it's oh. Huggy Bear. It's Huggy yeah, it's Bear. Huggy Bear from Starsky and Hutch, of course, right? Right, yeah. exactly. He was in Swoop, uh, Swoop right, Putney? 
good question. Yeah, Snoop played it in the movie. It was Snoop, yeah. Well, I mean, I think you're saying Putney Swope, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I see, yes. Listen, I want to criticize the Starsky and Hutch movie very much. It had nothing to do with the TV show. In the TV show, Huggy Bear was not a pimp. Not at all. He was an alcoholic heroin addict bum who was their informant. He was not a pimp. If Snoop Dogg had five minutes to watch a little YouTube clip, he would have seen. Hmm. Wait. So wait a minute. He he didn't in the TV show Huggy Bear didn't have an iguana and smoke pot like <laughs> the movie version with Snoop Dogg. That's right. Now he was in a lot of black exploitation movies. We we covered Huggy Bear. Yeah, uh, yeah. He was in. Guess what? He is Arabic. He is not African American, by the way. Hey, the, the the profile sure kind of looks looks that way, right? Like he does, yeah. Antonio Fargus is his name, and he was in Putney Swope. Fargus. Cool. Got it. Related to the Fargus from the Fargus incident in A Christmas Story? Probably not. Probably not. Probably. Not. But uh, good brain. He was, was in the, car wash. He was in car wash. Yes, yes. What was the hat budget on this this movie? Oh, it's out of control. Yeah. Big, it's the reason why uh, you uh, MGM merged with UA after because of the budget. <laughs> they were so. Now you see why they're how they're on a train. Yeah. Now yeah. they're back in the cell. It just he does that all the time. It drives me crazy, and I cannot find out budget and and. Um, uh, not only can I not find out budget, but Robbie Down Robert Downey's not talking. This guy is not a smart businessman. Now look, okay, I want to say positively about Robert Downey Sr. He was in the army, he played minor league baseball, and he was a Golden Gloves champion. And oh, wow. off off Broadway playwright all before he was twenty-two years old. But he peaked. Okay. Yeah. He plateaued. Was he one of those guys who were like, ah, no one wants to produce my movie? He, well, he, I don't know. He he made a play called The Cup, um, Cup Come Uppins, and that's what this is based upon. He would do stuff like that. Like, he would do it at a movie theater at midnight. He would do a play. Like, he was that kind of a, I mean, he might as well have been doing fish burgers. He was yeah, that kind of a... East, Lower East Side hippie, you know, pot smoking New York, let's make a movie kind of guy. But um, when he started to have success, he didn't follow it through. Uh, let me try to find it here. You mentioned New York, Carl. Do you recognize any of these locations? Like the outside and stuff? Yeah, well, outside of the pound uh, looks to be. Um, I, I'm not sure. As you know, it's our stomping grounds, having lived there and everything. It looks familiar. I'm not sure what street it is, quite frankly, but yes, it looks familiar. Yeah, full disclosure, I did not live there, but I took the bus from New Jersey over the bridge <laughs> to the tunnel. You never lived in Manhattan. Adam did. Adam lived in Alphabet City. Yeah, my brother. Yeah. In, yeah. Okay, Putney Swope. Okay, after Putney Swope, right, Hollywood came calling. I got offered a couple of things, a big film with Raquel Welch, which made no sense, shot in California. I can't remember the title. It was a famous Gore Vidal book. And then the 
direct the interviewer goes my up breckenridge and he goes yes that's it they were going to get that rid of that director i said i haven't read the book they said you don't need to i thought wait a minute i don't need to do this it's going to be a nightmare have you seen that movie Meyer breckenridge it's an atrocious movie apparently it's terrifying. That's another movie that's on the MGM Network. The MGM Network has that, the Casino Royale from the 60s. This movie, just Stewart. terrible films that yeah, hold up. Their the payday. Listen, if you were offered the chance to direct a Hollywood film to get yeah. taken out to California to get that money, it's yeah. just a stepping stone to direct your own stuff. He would have never had a career if he did Myra Breckenridge. That movie was horrifyingly bad. And All right, well, how about this? He was offered another one with Bill Cosby as an ambulance driver. Harvey Keitel is in it. It was called Mother Jugs and Speed. Yeah, that's yeah. a good movie. Anyway, Hollywood came knocking, and he said, nah, he I'm just, just going to drink. not tonight. answering the door. Yeah. yeah. He didn't get the door. Well, it's I mean, he could, uh, yeah. if he were right, could could the could what he what he knew about Maya Breckenridge have been worse than this? Like, like wouldn't you wouldn't he have, wouldn't some someone this avant garde been like, well, I can I could do something with it, or I can do something with it yeah. if he was a creative individual. Yeah, you so, should see the movie. You guys should see the movie if you can. I mean, you can't sit through more than ten minutes of it. Yeah, but if you do. It it is it's purportedly avant garde. The guy tries super hard to superimpose like Andy Warhol paintings of Marilyn Monroe and uh, old film clips, and it's basically Rex Reed trans trans. Uh, he becomes a, a Raquel Welch, and uh, oh, interesting. It, well, it's a dated movie, and uh, it's just really hard to sit through. And John Huston falls for her. The director plays hmm. a, a, a Hollywood director. Now we saw Raquel Welsh in A House Is Not a Home. Oh yeah, the prostitution play, the brothel movie. I like that movie. And that was pre her fame. You know, she was not a known star. No, people were coming to see Shelley Winters. They weren't coming to see Raquel Welch. Right. Point. Yeah. Oh, finally we're out, oh. out of the town. I like when the movie gets out of the town. You know, usually it's just a grind in there. Well, I would like if it got out of the pound and it was real. Hashtag. Now, what we're doing now is singing by the light of the silvery moon. And that's what this whole scene is going to be. It makes no sense. It has no purpose. Look, they're all dressed like Canadian Mounties or something. I like their social media campaign. Hashtag pound. It made no sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was two hashtags in a row. Yeah. Was it Carl? When you you said you've seen this four or five times, like after the first time, did it? I, obviously, it doesn't yeah. make sense even even as you're describing it, just how that jumps around. But did it? Um, yes. Did so you have to see it twice till you understood? Like, oh, oh, okay, I see here that that now they've I, gone out and they're not dogs or they're dogs here. Exactly. Like, I mean, it, I can't imagine just one time going through this and understanding what they're they're attempting even. There's confusion as you watch it, and the subtitles, unfortunately, are in Hebrew, so that doesn't help. And, and there's no uh, vowels. There's no vowels under the letters, so I can't read it. That's right. Mike knows Hebrew from... Uh, I, I know my... It's Olive, Bet, Gimel, Hay, June, July, August, Ooh. September. I know, I know that. I knew 1132. That's the first thing I knew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I guess lost in translation that one. I actually watched the I I I went to the end of this video just to see what was on it, and it is an Israeli uh, MGM network, and they have advertisements. Oh, okay. So they actually have a advertisement for a movie channel, and they play like a version, not like a virgin, virgin, a version of like a virgin. Uh, it's covered by someone else. And there's this woman in romantic, like this guy dressed up as a knight, sits down at a dinner table, and it's like very romantic. And then it plays like a version, and it's for like hot HD movies. So I don't know if it's like <laughs> lifetime romance movies or just straight up porn. <laughs> I don't think Israel shows porn. I could be wrong about that. Okay. I'm not going. I need okay, to know what country show full on porn. I'm not going to go halfway around the world to look at something digitized. <laughs> if you're not going halfway around the world if they don't have porn? Yeah, like if it's digitized, I don't want to see that. Yeah. Um, okay, I've been in Israel three times. Uh, you've been there never, Mike? You're Jewish. I'm not even Jewish. Yeah, well, you went for me. Yeah. Thanks. Okay, in 2005, Robert Downey Sr. discovered a print of this film in the cameraman's ex-wife's closet. The print was in such bad shape that it was impossible to run through a picture. Okay, I kind of told you this stuff. Yeah. Um, it appeared in the next year in Philadelphia Film Festival 2006. Um, okay, the film disappeared. That is to say, they took the film to the studio. Um, they screened it for the head of the studio, and he thought it was going to be animated. He thought I thought this was going to be an animated film. So it was on a double bill with a Fellini movie called Satyricon. Yes, uh, Satyricon. Satyricon. I was in heaven, but the studio was ashamed of it. It was rated X for language. The same studio had bought Midnight Cowboy a couple minutes later, so this thing disappeared. So this hardly had any any showing at the box office. Yeah, but it's fodder for this cable network in Israel. Mm -hmm. This is Kermit's first appearance on screen there, too. <laughs> he looked very Kermit. -y. Yeah. He was at the bar. He, was, he didn't realize the camera was on. You don't, yeah, they, they usually don't let him appear in bar scenes for the kids. <laughs> Henson's under there, like, doing up skirts. <laughs> okay, so in a different interview, the interviewer says, what possessed you to get into filmmaking? And this jerk, Robert Downey Jr. Senior <laughs> says... I'd rather do that than work. <laughs> it shows, man. Uh, you well, know. That that probably explains the real Hollywood calling. Yeah, uh, didn't want right? to work. Yeah. That, it, that it seemed a little too much. I got That's out of true. the army and stayed with my sister in the village for a while. She said to me, a couple blocks around that corner, there's a thing called Three Penny Opera. You might like it. Give you something to do. I went over and, whoa, somebody could do this? This got me interested in doing theater. Then I was working at the Village Gate as a waiter. I know that place. Yeah. One of my cohorts there said, you're writing? When you get me something, let me know. I've got a camera. We'll make a movie. You'll be the director, and I'll be the cameraman. This guy, like, just fell into. Jeez, yeah. Well, charm life. You know, I'm sure his life was difficult. You know, and a lot of his movies, it was hard for him to get distribution and uh, releases, you know, but he tried. Yeah, well, if you didn't make crap, you would get it released. I gotta I say that 
the look of it is is pretty good, right? Like yes, mm-hmm. like if 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 you if you're not trying to follow a plot or a you know a, a dialogue, the the look of it this looks like a a, a you know a seventies era film, late sixties. Yeah. You know, I think he's a, a director. This is probably one of the better films I've seen, Carl. It has a good. It it looks okay in terms of lighting and framing. Yeah. It it's directed well in that sense. It's cinematography. Yeah, that's what I mean. It it, it mm-hmm. doesn't seem where you're like, oh, this looks like a student film or something. Can yeah. I play the Can I play the audio for this scene? Well, if you want to, yes, because when the the um. Okay. Oh, I haven't heard from you in ages. Now the serial killer is calling the pound. It doesn't make sense. He's talking to him like every Thursday. I don't know. I just want to hear the guy's voice. Oh, if you want to hear the guy's voice, then later he's going to call up the police chief and have a conversation. Okay. It's better. All right, uh, I'll, I'll cut it up there. Now Don calls. Don is still going on about how we're going to break out of here. It's existentialism, man. There's no exit. Are the dogs I guess so. Yeah, the do- that is Eric Krumpnik. He was uh, born in Georgia, Russia, USSR. Um, he was in Putney Swope. I don't know. Not much to him. Okay, so now the boxer's getting high for the first time, and so we're going to have, like, this, once again, we're walking away. Like, everyone's going to get high because he did kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, so they're all high. I guess. And we're going to see dog flashbacks. This guy, he's just any excuse. Look at that. Yeah, dog's doing it. Wait a second. All right, okay. Imagine watching the Fellini movie and be like, oh. There's a double feature. I can't wait. There is a cat, and that's the Asian guy. And there's lots of racism with, like, um, you can do my laundry and stuff like that. It's all parody, right? He's sad. Well, she, yeah. Rick Taylor. You know, it's all parody, right? So it's like, is this a comedy? I'm not laughing. I don't know, man. They're actors, he's acting. I think he's on a typewriter. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, he's the writer who's always talking about, I need a pencil. So why is he on a typewriter? By yeah. the way, something that's funny, that, that it should be funny, when he gets the pencil, he's like, do you have any paper? Uh, heroin? Look at it, cocaine. Yeah, for some reason now, the boxer will have cocaine. I don't, I, it doesn't make any sense. Wow, that's rude. When someone offers you cocaine and a knife in the bar, you shouldn't take that much. <laughs> you shouldn't. Yeah, how rude. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, fishnet. Fish, fishnet lens. Uh, Robert Downey Sr. was in Boogie Nights in 97 as, like, that studio guy. Oh. Uh. Um, I guess I was looking at the porn part of that. Yeah. They were doing like a yeah. Williams, uh, uh, fish, fish eye camera before. So this is where the movie goes wild. Things have just gone crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can't wait for them to get gassed, I guess. Yeah, you start rooting for it, right? Well, you got a long wait. I mean, this film just drags. I mean, we still have 40 minutes. Hey, honey bear! Yeah, I guess you're right. That's good, Carl. We're getting into the third act. <laughs> yeah, right. There is no... You know how I, like, tell you the acts and the, you know, yeah. part of the film this is according to a Hollywood script? No, there's none yeah. of that here. Nah. <laughs> All right, let me tell you more interesting stuff. Uh, Who's this? This is uh, 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 Stephanie Downey Jr. Was that who was the little girl? Uh, there yeah, is right. a little girl who will be an angel in this. Did you just see her now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that is. I saw the angel of death too. It wasn't just me. <laughs> Lucky. Well, later there'll be one of those segments in which we're out of here, and there is an angel. I, it is. It is. Um, let's see. Where is she? When, when do we get to the farm? When is the scene where they all get to the farm? Is that at the end? Like a big farm? Grandma will be there. <laughs> Tell you out. <laughs> I don't know. Now, when the angel is leading them, there's a farm. Maybe they're in the wild. They're in the. I don't know the answer, Mike. I'm sorry. Well, don't you tell your dog, like, okay, we're going to yeah. go on a ride and there's going to be a big farm? Like, you tell your kids, oh, like, you oh, don't, yeah, yeah he's on the farm. Yeah. Okay, it's Allison Downey, and she plays Angel. Oh. Now, she was, is, um, she's a little bit older than us. She, she's done a lot of things. Uh, she's worked on videos. She did costuming. She had companies in which they had, um, they like managed stars. Uh, one time she was in trouble with cocaine and moved out to California to get saved and live with her brother for a while. Um, she's in Manhattan currently. Uh, so that is his sister, huh? Yeah, and it's all off the top of my head because in my research I read about her, but I didn't write it down. She's hardly in the thing. Right. I know we were... Uh talking about the young girl through it but uh the pantomime from the uh the fat jewish guy of the uh of getting the blowjob there was yeah impressive. yeah that was a 1970s blowjob that's og yeah. right there that was your parents blowjobs <laughs> is this pre 99 cent beauty pageant what's the <laughs> yeah right <laughs> oh yeah what was that it was a dollar 98 dollar 98 yeah what's you this? win the prize you look great yeah. With the prize at a dollar ninety. That was a great. I don't know if it was a great show, but that was a great yeah. visual, right? Yeah, he was. He was fun. What I can't think of his name. I'm sorry, I can't. It's Tor Rip. Rip Taylor. Taylor. Rip Taylor. Yep. And we saw him in that vagina movie, Mike. Uh, yeah, Steve. I don't know if you want the Maison Movie Club to do this film. It's called Chatterbox. It is on Chatterbox? Amazon Prime. It's a yeah. woman who sings through her vagina talks. So they she, oh. she she performs musical numbers. They she sings. Virginia. Okay, Mike, uh, turn yeah. up your uh, volume because you will hear him talk to the serial killer, and he thinks he's African American because he's the honky killer. Yeah. Okay, is the cops. Why, This is the man you're looking for. This is a honky killer. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> What's new? How's tricks? <laughs> is there anything I can do for you? Listen, I've got another call. Could you hold on for a minute? I don't have a minute, and you don't either. I'm sorry, but I do have another call. It better be your 
your insurance, man, honky, because you're next. Oh, hey, brother. My name's Brian Traub, but I'm cool, baby. I graduated from Grambling. In 57, I scored two touchdowns against Morgan State. Laminate your scrapbook, motherfucker, because you're dead. <laughs> we lost them. Well. All right, laminate your scrapbook, motherfucker, because you're dead. He goes, at least we know he's a brother. He isn't. It's a white guy doing a black voice. Yeah, but but he's fooled the cop. And, I gotta um, say, that, that scene there was, was pretty good. Like the, yeah. It was kind of funny. It yeah. made some sense. It, the, the, you know, the different voices and even the editing back and forth between the calls was good. Like, yeah, it went lucid all of a sudden. Yeah, what happened? It went mainstream. Well, I guess because we're in the real world and he's taking a real life call. Yeah. Uh, now this guy's name is L L Earl J. He's playing Lieutenant Weintraub, and the only thing interesting is he's known for a f TV series called Hawk. This was 1966. Hawk was a TV series starring Burt Reynolds. Hmm. Crime-busting techniques of Native American detective John Hawk of the oh. New York City Attorney's Office. Turn off. I'd rather watch Way Out and Run Doll. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Burt Reynolds' name is Hawk because he's a, 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 a Native American. Native American. I was an African American. What a, you know? Same difference at that point. Still Burt Reynolds. And he is, right? Is that right, Burt Reynolds? Is he part Seminole, I think, or something? Is he? I think so. Huh. All right. I think in a couple movies, yeah, he 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 leaned into, you know, some uh, Native American heritage, he claimed. I remember reading some stuff on that. Now, yeah, who's this was... guy? Uh, Huggy Bear's uh, connection? It's way late in the movie to have another dog show up. It's a pound, Carl. Elliot Gould? <laughs> it does look like him, right? Yeah. Is it Inspector Gadget from the 70s? <laughs> the, whole, the whole MASH MASH team is coming in. I'm here for season four of MASH, episode eight. <laughs> Uh-oh. You got pounded. Get out. Can't get out. He's a cat in the pound? Yeah, he's a cat, and he's going to talk. I mean, this Carolyn, she's kissing everybody. Oh, cats and dogs. Actually, this is pretty good. She goes, why do you like me? He goes, I do not have taste. And he, she goes, I love it, and kisses him. <laughs> oh, there we go. I just so, find it creepy that she's going to die so soon. Hey, I like that when they go into German, the, the Hebrew disappears. Yeah, right. <laughs> Pass. Supporting it. Disregard whatever they're saying. And Are they singing now? Hishtelel merov kaas. Just doing a little Hebrew here. Carl, you're reading it left to right. You have to read it right to left. Okay. Oh, it says if shala lechet. There you go. I love his tap dancing story, and I hate his I went crazy for 15 years because of stress. There's more story there. But she's singing like all black magic to him, and he's just looking at it like complete contempt and he doesn't move at all so you got a dancer and you yeah. have someone and he's purposely not dancing 
Well, he hasn't danced really in 15 years. And then you remember his grueling schedule. I know, isn't that nuts? Let me touch your head, please. It's good. It was warm. Thank you. Stupid. <laughs> That's what I mean. When it's, and again, obviously the idea of it is to be a, a bit avant-garde and crazy, but when the, the, those, those lucid ones where there's some type of thing, it almost feels like, uh, like a, a early John Landis, like, you know, yeah. movie yeah. or, or, you know, schlock and that kind of stuff. Now, look, she just tried to gas the dogs, but the gas isn't working, so she's going to call, come on, Edison. <laughs> oh, there's a joke. And then you're going to be like, Wednesday? That's three days from now. <laughs> you need the lethal gas now. It's good parody. I do have this interesting story about a movie they made called Chafed Elbows in which they, like, invaded Yankee Stadium. Um, no, it's called... It's called Balls Bluff, and it was a short. Um, and it was Downey Jr., a senior? Yeah, okay, let me read this to you. In one of your films... You played a Confederate soldier who wanders into the middle of the field at Yankee Stadium during the game. Was that tough? He goes, oh, yeah, the actor we originally had refused to go on the field. He was too scared. We were stealing the shot. We had two cameramen, one behind home plate, <laughs> one on the right field line, and I was terrified, too. They took me downstairs. They said, if you had gone near Mickey Mantle, you could have been shot. You probably couldn't do something like that today. If I had to do it all over again, I would, even though I know it's really dangerous now. But I did really say to the guy on first base, where are the Yankees? That line actually wound up in the newspaper article about the incident, which we put in the film. So I don't know. Oh. That's kind of interesting. They, uh, that's very interesting. Yeah, I would love to see that footage. That sounds pretty cool. They guerrilla, guerrilla huh. warfare to film. So I don't think again, that joke was how, how small were the cameras at this point that they could get the, you know? Well, when he says he's behind home plate, I bet you he means in the seats. Yeah, yeah. And also, that probably cost him a pretty penny. Um, now, it was a short called Ball's Bluff, so therefore, it probably wasn't backed by a studio. Okay, here's another reason I hate this film. They've all escaped. Did you right. see that They've yeah, all been let right. out. So that makes you think that this film is going somewhere. Right. But what's going to happen is you're going to get your, you're going to get <laughs> dashed because it never happened. They're back in the pound. Look, they're all free roaming the streets and they're loving yeah. it. Yeah, like you said, it seems like we're making progress here. Right. Now we're getting a plot. I, I like it. I still, I still vouch for this movie. He's showing all possibilities. He's showing them escaping, and then you know, ultimately, there's no escape. They die. Okay. There is some confusion. There's, that there's those little touches. A great shot, in New York. Wow. Yeah, um, the Empire State The uh, of just the, the, like that, where they all of a sudden these dogs interact with people. Were those all other dogs, or are those people that they're you know? Hey, good question. Those you know, must we never, be other we never people. Get, yeah, we never get it. I was saying to Mike, I think it might have been you when you were getting your dog, Carl. Like, it might have paid off to, not that I want to see all these people nude, but 
<laughs> dogs aren't wearing clothes. Like, let us know, like, how we could tell the difference between a person and a dog here. Nude like, would work. Nude, you know, or, yeah, because they're not wearing it, or a, a collar on all the dogs or something. Yeah. Like, this guy here, I thought he was a dog in the beginning. Right, <laughs> He's got a leash, right? Hanging out. Yeah. Here's Stan Lee again. And as you know, he was looking for his dog, Rodney. So he's going to go in there and he's going to go, Rodney! And he's found Rodney. But he's going to go, wait a minute, you're not Rodney. And then the boxer's going to be like, what's the difference? And he's going to go, Rodney! It's it's a little funny and a little dumb. Oh, my God. Wait a second. I, I, I Has this all gone over my head? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously it has, but... Rodney, is, is the boxer a boxer? Is there are, are these things about the breeds? Y- yes, yes. That's why the Siamese cat is Asian, and uh, that, I, that that one I picked up on, but I didn't pick the boxer up. I'm so I'm an idiot. Uh, okay, the one so who that, looks very Irish with his red hair is an Irish setter. Irish setter. Oh, okay. and there's a German guy too, right? German Shepherd. Uh, let oh, me no, no, it doesn't work. Uh, he is a Dachshund. Yeah. All right, guys, break it up. I'm playing referee. Break it up. Break it up. Three corners. Girl, a poodle? What's she? Is she? What are we? She's just a female dog. Now look, this is like really creepy. Watch what happens here. <laughs> She asked Downey, Downey Sr. for her paycheck. Now, look, she was dreaming. She's not getting run over by a car, and they're all back in the pound. She dreamt the dogs escape. She let the dogs out. Do you see the carbon monoxide that really ended up in that tunnel? It's a strange place to shoot. Yeah. It doesn't look like a real like a dog pound at all. Nope. But it's no. cool. It really looks like the West Village. Like, you're not on Bleecker Street. You're, like, on one of the other parallel streets to it. Um, Like, you're between West Broadway and Broadway on one of the side streets, like Spring Street or something. So this is, like, a a factory on Spring Street? I guess that's why I hesitated when you were, like, do you recognize it? Because, like, I recognize the neighborhood, not the place. It's, I mean, it's from 70, so it's, it's, you know, a lot of it's probably disappeared by the time we were hanging out. Well, the thing is, if you go down to, like, what did I say, Spring Street, you'll see that it's the word cobblestone. You know, the roads are, 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 are kind of brick. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what makes it clearly uh, West Broadway area. What is going on with this film, man? <laughs> they were just out and on the street, and they were free. They were free, buddy. No, this oh, is gonna, oh. He's going to jerk off. Oh. Yeah. Way to go. Yeah, Here's what I think of your great. script, senior. He's really jerking it. Yep. And yep. Robert Downey Jr.'s mom loves it. And look. Yeah. What is the Deutschland? This is called acting. Was this a commercial for Edmonds? <laughs> <laughs> the Mr. cat doesn't get it. He's not full. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it was well produced. I thought it was a commercial for a second. <laughs> now look how 
do you think even though he's Arabic, he really is black? Because look at the hair. I mean, he's still, yeah, he definitely, I mean, it, there's a, a kind of a, a cross there, right? He's, yeah, I almost said African-American, but if you're not from America, you can't say that. Um, Antonio Fargus. Now, first of all, his name's Antonio, so that's kind of a Western yeah, name. Right. Um, I can't find one. Maybe he's born... Does he have an iguana and smoke pot in his apartment? <laughs> you know, that whole Starsky and Hutch film, they didn't do the stars. Did you guys, did you see, uh, was it called Black Power Fist or something like that? Is that kind of a spoof one? Is that the... Yeah, they did black, a black exploitation spoof. Yeah, Black film. Dynamite. Black Dynamite, yeah. Now, yeah. that's what Starsky and Hutch should have been. Right. They yeah. should have brought us back to that, you know, uh, filmed in 35-millimeter film, but yet it's a TV show. Yeah, black, black colors. I don't know. Black Dynamite reminds me of, like, Grindhouse and uh, Turbo Kid, where it's not parody but it's not homage it's like this weird gray zone like it yeah. it replicates what it parodies but it parodies what it replicates and you don't think it, it was homage yeah. no i think it's beyond homage i think like they they did it like usually that would be like a parody it'll be a sketch and they'll make fun of it but they don't make fun of it they just keep the the tropes and the look yeah, and the, the, vibe, uh, the yeah they kind of amplify it yeah so like, yeah. you're you're embracing it, but also making fun of it, but you're still embracing it. It's strange. Like, I, yeah, I just, like you exaggerate it. Yeah. Right, yeah. Rather than undercut it for the humor, they almost go over the top with it for the humor. Yeah. 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 And you can't tell if it's a joke or not. Right, yeah. It's very, yeah. Okay, so here's something about Putney Swope. And, and uh, you know, I'm not recommending that you necessarily see it, uh, Steve, but uh, we yeah. sure have been talking about it a lot. Uh, he see, senior says this is a film that nobody that nobody wanted. I think there was one distributor left who hadn't seen it. A guy named Rugoff who owned Cinema Five and all these theaters uptown. He said, "I don't understand it, but I like it." He took the film, opened it in about a month. Uh, in about a month, in one of his theaters, Cinema Two, a big deal, and damn right, it sold out. Wow. I went to Temple University in 68 or 9 to show Putney Swope. I had my kid with me. After the screening, a guy comes up in a jacket and tie. Thank you for getting me into advertising. Wow. Yeah, it's a funny movie, and it's a, it's a good take on advertising. But... Well, I mean, the point of it was an African-American was now in charge of a major corporation. And so there was a bunch of stereo. Okay, here is clearly uh, Allison Downey. You see the angel? Yeah. Look, they're finally escaping. Through the pearly gates, though, because <laughs> they're going to die. They're going to die or they're dead? I don't know, Michael. I don't see them dead yet. Right, we're going to see them watch them is die. This the farm? Going to the farm? They're going to yeah, die from gas, too. Guys, ne never met a metaphor that doesn't last more than two minutes. <laughs> Good point. We get it. Walk slower. Yeah. Bad dogs. Bad dogs. There's 
Now look at the daughter. Now I guess she didn't want. There must be some story why she's not. I mean, with successful brother. I think if she wanted to, she could be in a film or two. You know? Yeah. She had her own life, Carl. Who knows? Not not everyone. Um, Mike, I read about her, and her own life was not very pretty. So, I mean, don't talk like you know. Okay, see all the gas? Yeah. They're getting killed right now. Yay. Yeah. Well, that's the irony, right, is that heaven has its own gate as well, just like just like the pound. You get the gate closed and, behind him. <laughs> that's right. And the movie Heaven's Gate bankrupt uh, Universal's uh, art, no, MGM, and they had a merge with UA. That's right, yeah. Now, the thing is, it sucks that they're dying, but at least the movie's going somewhere. Making we progress. Knew, we knew they were going to get killed. That's the whole point of this movie. Mm-hmm. Well, he has four arms. <laughs> like that Hindu god. Oh, it's a trick. Yeah, shut up. This guy doesn't die. This guy dies last. How ironic. The guy who doesn't shut up yet. Listen, you know. Right. <laughs> I would hope maybe he would die before me, but no. Oh, so you could have a moment of quiet? Okay. Yeah. I <laughs> but no. Keep going. That's the penguin on the floor. Oh. March of Death. Why a penguin? Get a tuxedo? Yes. Now, um, at least Downey is checking his pulse and making sure he's dead. I don't know. I guess she has concern. And he's it's a nice camera. Oh, Again, this did she, she act in a lot? Mrs. Mrs. Downey? Yep. And she was in all of his stuff. All the stuff, all his stuff. Anything else, like after they split or anything? After they split, I would doubt it. Let me just look at his list just, here. Yeah, kind of. So, he wasn't in Up the Academy. Um, maybe, okay, 1972 Greaser's Palace. That was the last thing she was in. They were divorced in the 80s. In 85, 86, he actually directed three episodes of TV's The Twilight Zone. Oh, well, and um who who is the the host of the 80s one they just had an anonymous voice was it burgess meredith burgess meredith was I, under the it's a great question i do not know i like the 80s twilight zones there's west craven directed a bunch of them joe dante yeah yeah that's a lot of them. the music's not bad in this either very Oh, so this is their good to goodbye party, right? Or I, I don't know. It sort of looks like they somebody had a party any old way. <laughs> so Ice, Ice sculptures. Oh, there's uh, Robert. Nope. No. No. Different uh, floppy-haired boy. None of these act. Well, Robert's five, and he's really distinct looking. It's it's just not him. None of the actors in the film are in this scene. I don't know why it's here. Oh, really? It's an ice bar. Ice carvings and cold temperatures. I thought that guy over there, that was that 
They he looked like the penguin, right? Yeah, that was that's not him. So maybe he's. I don't know the answer. I just never noticed him until. Yeah. And he was the very last second of that right. statement. Yeah. Ooh, pound of flesh. That would be another porn title. Uh, good one. Nice. It took me forty minutes, but I'm glad. Now, this for her name's Carolyn Cardwell, and she's only known for Putney, Swope, and Pound. I can't believe she's trying to teach her a new trick. Well, no, she's going to now give birth to a penguin. And the, the, the Deutschhound there obviously is not the father. She must have slept with the penguin. Oh, like Catwoman. I guess, yes. <laughs> he, she slept with the penguin, too. <laughs> I thought she was about to die. Does have a little '60s Batman feel, right? Like she could be, yeah, she could be a villain. Like, congratulations, it's a penguin dog. <laughs> He's given birth now. I don't know what's going on because everyone died, so they didn't die. See what I mean? They didn't die. Yeah. Sometimes the gas just uh, encourages birth versus it's killing. You saying she died before she gave birth? That's I don't worse. know, but that's the thing about the movie. Are we out of order in a chronological sense, or or they made it, or or Robert didn't care? There yeah. you go. Look, it's a oh, there it is. Taxidermy penguin. It's the penguin <laughs> from my desk in my house. <laughs> I brought it to the set. I didn't know they were born, so so fully grown and, and so stiff. Yeah. That's for a penguin book. Not a penguin book. Pippin? What is it? Right? There's South Pole and North Pole, and one of them's like a puffin? Puffin? Is that what it's called? Oh, at the opposite end? Yeah. I never saw the documentary. Now, look. Here's Carolyn. So she's alive? They're all alive now? Oh, yeah. I heard penguin have happy feet. Marching. Just hanging around. When is this film going to end? As if I didn't know. Dog Day Afternoon. Let's listen. What's going on? Because I think I'm out of stories right, to I'm tell just... you about this Robert Downey Jr. Senior. I'll be done. Carl, do you know anything about their their marriage, like how they met, uh, uh, the husband and wife? Down? No, the no, I don't. But I do know that his last name is not really Downey. That was his oh. stepfather's name. Oh, yeah, he he That's took it when he went into the army. He changed his name to his stepfather. His uh, original last name was Anthony Hall. It's strange. <laughs> um, it's Elias. Downey was born in New York City, New York, New York. He's the son of Elizabeth McLaughlin. It's not McLaughlin, but it's close. A model. And Robert Elias, who worked in a hotel restaurant management. He took the surname of a stepfather, James Downey, when enlisting in the Army. Oh, wow. It's okay. It's just a baby Ruth. 
Oh, here's the old piano player in the abandoned pool routine. Yeah, now, now the, the honky killer is going to see his wife in the corner. And the wife says, if you don't sleep with me tonight, then I'm telling the authorities about you. So he decides that he will kill her because of that. And then uh. the piano player prevents him. It doesn't make any sense. What does this have to do with anything? Mike, say this movie's bad. I dare you. With the, piano, the piano player has a good line, though. He says that she might be your wife, but she's my lady or something like that. That's right. He does. Now, you saw this film, Mike. That is what he You know what? It's an hour and a half into this film. I've been meaning to see this movie all my life. Here we go. That's the line. She may be your wife, but she's my woman. I've been waiting to see this movie for a long time, since I read about it in Playboy magazine in the 80s. And then I realized... I don't know that, Steve, that this show is all based upon the fact that YouTube... Mike used to read periodicals about movies, and he would never see them, but he would learn all about them. Yeah. Now we can see them all. We're talking about like real shitty movies, like this movie or stuff that you. The only way you can see it is by reading some guy's version of it. You would come across it. That's impressive. Right. You'd have to go down to the Zigfield for an eleven o'clock showing on a Wednesday, if you want. You had to go to a, a, a flea market and buy it on video cassette if you're right. Looking. Yeah. But it's all on YouTube, and uh, I figured for a movie show we might as well make it talk over. You know, movie shows sometimes. Your show doesn't, Steve, but I feel like some movie shows, they last longer than the movie itself. So we might as well watch the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's appropriation. We're, we're remixing existing content for our own yes, uh, product. As, as you should. This, this is the best thing that's happened to this film in a long time. <laughs> now he is, okay, there goes the gas. Yes. It's kind of disturbing. As a Jew, as a Jew, I'm going to say this is disturbing. <laughs> they showed this on Israeli television. How cool! Touchy, touchy, touchy. They might have just purchased a film, and uh, the guy who made the subtitles, he must have known. I don't think anyone watched this ever. You know, and they probably show it twice a day. Now, why is the gas near the keeper? She fucked up. Talk to Con Ed about that. Oh, okay. <laughs> What about the baby penguin? Is it going to get gassed too? Well, see, that's the thing. Didn't we already see this? Didn't they already die? Didn't they go all through the pearly gates? Now we're seeing it again. It it doesn't. It's yeah. Oh, I am acting, and also <laughs> choking on real smoke. <laughs> there were method actors, but not by choice for the scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh cool what's on tv it's closed circuit yeah <laughs> it's outside the door of the pound state of the art 1970 okay i want you to stay still and pretend you're dead keep your eyes open go okay we're gonna do some yoga we're gonna start with some down dog poses elise was breathing Oh, maybe personal touch. Breathing, breathing. Where are those hands? There was a. What are we? Nice balls. Someone else's balls. To be fair, I saw. I don't know. Have you guys been uh, to? uh, Have you ever had the chance to go to uh, Mount Vesuvius over in Italy? 
No, I would like to go there for Pompeii. Yes. So that's where I was going with this. There actually is a, you know, because there, there's a lot of um, yes. remains caught in like, you know, a, like a, a shell of, of lava kind of thing that they have. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the bodies. And one of them looks, there's two or three of them look like they were masturbating when they, they went. You know, to the... It's really fascinating because you're getting to really see like a time machine. Yeah. That's exactly the snapshot of their death. And you see the whole preserved Roman city. It's tr- it's I it's one of my bucket list items. Yeah, yeah, definitely highly recommend. Oh, this is the hey. Is this, doing a is this the metaphorical boat, the river Styx? Are they now in purgatory? Oh, this is. I oh. no, I couldn't tell you. Ooh, classy! The end credits show the uh, cast their pictures, so I could know who Carol Carnival is. Wow. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we had just watched Hound from 1970. Oh. Steve Maison, it's, man, you are probably the best guest we've had. You got it. What'd you think of this movie? I, 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 like I said, it, it became very clearly, even, even with Carl's help, um, I, I feel like I would have to watch it twice as many times as he has. So like 15 to even understand it as well as he has. It, it was just so all over the place. And again, I, I get that that's the point, that it, but it's, 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 it's weird. Instead of being one kind of thing interspersed with some awkward or weird avant-garde stuff, it really is just crazy. I, I was thrown off by the parts that some, suddenly are lucid and make sense. Right. You, they're welcome when you see them. Yeah, yeah, it does. And, and I guess that's part of it, the reaction that, yeah, it brings you back, thinks you're, you're on a normal setting, and then, yeah, throws you right back into crazy stuff but uh like i said I, I, even this like this this looks if you just showed me this clip i'd be like oh what's this this looks like probably it was a good movie in the 60s or something. <laughs> yeah it looks looks right right yeah no this guy knows how to set up a shot and, and shoot it execute it that was a, but, that was stolen does, for uh the first uh uh texas chainsaw massacre there that's closing of that door well, you know we saw Right, we saw eggshells. Right, Mike. The the we saw the a film he yeah. made before Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It was another hippie film. That one was much better than this one, right, Mike? Yeah. So Toby Toby Hooper Toby, uh, made eggshells, which is like a hippie commune comedy. Yeah. And uh, never went anywhere. Carl did a lot of research, and basically, it was it just played film uh, students uh, festivals. Yeah, it played and, at uh, colleges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And these, I, these credits are wacky. They're I love Funhouse from Toby Hooper. That That's was, a great yeah. movie. Yeah. That scared the shit out of me. That scared movie. the crap out of me. Yeah. Yeah, I like that film. I actually thought about that a lot. So it's what do you think of this film, Mike? I have to say I liked it. Uh, I, you know, and I, I've been meaning to see this movie for a while, so I did watch it uh, beforehand, partially because, you know, with a guest, you know, sometimes it helps if I see it beforehand so we can talk about it. But mm-hmm. I, it's interesting that the plot itself, it's very experimental, meaning there's no, either they're going to talk about dying or they're going to die. And uh, all the other stuff is a little weird. But yeah, I like Lucidity. I think this is one of his better shot, better produced films. Uh, yeah. So I, I would recommend it. You know, no one's going to watch it anyway. It's not like, oh boy, I can't wait to watch <laughs> West uh, Village Hippies uh, pretend they're dogs. Prince. Okay, wow. my turn. My turn. 
Yes, Carl. What do you think? I of- hated this film. It was terrible. This film made me like Greaser's Palace. Okay, yes, it was shot well. Okay, that's true. That's technical. I mean, this is supposed to be entertainment, and I'm yeah. waiting for the film to end. <laughs> My two cents. Well, there you go. Well, thank Robert you, Robert Downey. It was funny at the end credits there. Robert Downey didn't. He didn't get a little photo, did he? At the end? No, you're no, right. He's, he didn't. He's listed as Bob Downey, uh, next right below Allison Downey's credits <laughs> on the supporting cast. Well, you know, I would like to keep this uh, video running so we could look at some of the uh, Israeli MGM promos. Maybe we could get to that that sexy video. We could we could cue it and end it. But uh, I am excited. We do the show every week. We're on Mutiny Radio every Sunday, and then our podcast drops Sunday night, L-W-A-F-O-M-O-Y-T. Carl, next week's movie, oh, it is a killer. We're going to be watching 1979 Killer Fish. One word, Killer Fish. Mm. One word, trailer, killer, F-I-S-H, one word. Yeah, you know, actually, because we, um, I I want this MGM video to keep playing, and I didn't really look for a trailer. We're just going to have to make up the trailer. I don't know. Steve Maison, would you care to give us the trailer to no, Killer Fish? No, there's one. There's one. It's 19. 19- oh, there is? Yes. You want right. to do one of your trailers? Mike uh, does this funny thing in which he goes, in a world with. And then yes. He- <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. New Dimension Films presents. Dun-dun. Hey, I got bagels. Oh, we love bagels. Did you get cream cheese? Did I get cream cheese? Not only did I get cream cheese, but I got this lox. Man, it is some killer fish. <laughs> oh, it's oh, wow. really. Lee Majors, Margot Hemingway. This is great. And then, I don't know if you guys have the uh, closed captioning on this, <clears> but <throat> it's Israeli, and then the closed captioning gives you the English version. So without her beautiful food alone, Blue Canyon, usually they receive civilian organic international from my plane today. It's not like a little friendly more reality. It's just a metaphor of liquid carefully. This is a uh, auto-generated American uh, English subtitles for uh, Hebrew. Liquid carefully has mathematically nice. filtered Stevenson. Because... Hey, can I do a uh, trailer for Killerfish? Yes, please, Steve. <clears throat> you remember him from The Godfather. You remember him from Barney Miller. But this time, he's an assassin. Abe Vigoda is killer fish. Rated R. <laughs> yeah, killer fish. I love it. Very nice. This is foster children not admitted without a parent. Remember Mike, he was you have a recommended movie yeah. because there's ads. Do you have a recommended channel? Oh, here it is. I, I, I gotta play this. By the way, it says I'm the Negro of the Wilderness. Sometimes I made So this this knight sits down and gives a rose and he eats food and uh, she's in love with him and they go out. It's an ad for a porno station, I promise you. Wow. So weird, but that yeah, that alternate version. Like I know. I've never seen like a version out, yeah, as an advertisement. <laughs> Axe body spray, like a virgin. <laughs> I did hear like a virgin play at a McDonald's in the eighties. I don't know if that counts. She's Why got a rose. Virgin? You're talking about Madonna song? Yeah. Hot VOD movies. Okay. 
Pot B-O-D as in body? As in video on demand. Okay. Pot. But that I'm sure that was like a porn oh, advertisement. B-O-D. Video on demand. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hot yeah. VOD movies. Okay. Next time you visit Israel, make sure you check out uh, Hot VOD on demand. Well, all right. Well, cool. We've heard uh, two trailers for Killer Fish already. Carl, do you have a Killer Fish or are we done? I, I do not have a Killer Fish trailer. And I'm also trying to find it for next week. You know, I got to start watching it. Uh, it's I'll out there. One, one word. The reason You know the reason why I picked this movie. Lee Majors? No, it would. Yeah, I think Lee Majors is in it. Yeah, oh. it was. Re it was released the same day as uh, Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Oh, what are you gonna go see? Hmm. <laughs> uh, we also uh, Star Trek sold out, but Killer Fish wow. is playing in cinema too. Killer Fish has a fantastic movie poster. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it does. Doesn't look like Jaws at all. No. Or Piranha. Great. Yeah. Who's yeah. who still made those movies in 1970? It's crazy. All right, well, that is our film. Steve Maison, thank you so much. Hey, thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. It was a, it was a blast. I hope to, I hope to be invited back. Uh, that was great. I hope yeah. you guys will come and talk movies with me on the Maison Movie Club. And, yeah, I, thanks for having me. Let thank us know when so Killer much. Fish hits. We'll, we'll do a tie-in. Deal. Yeah. So Maison <laughs> Movie Club, it's really good. Uh, check it out. And if you're on Facebook, you can join in and give your comments and do the porn titles uh, as well as Instagram twitter i'm just yeah gonna, yes know. please yeah find me steve mazon m-a-z-a-n on any of those platforms and i announced the film and i would love your thoughts yeah yeah and it is a corporate uh professional performance so it does not his time here does not reflect his act when you hire him for a professional <laughs> that's right yeah. yes i can just adjust for the venue Perfect. Oh, well, very cool and uh carl would you like to promote my movie on amazon prime the thieves code uh, yeah, The Thieves Code, and you uh, very good in it. You get really mad. Now, look, watch it on Amazon Prime, but you got to watch it all the way to the end. You got to let the just walk out of the room after Mike's part and let the credits roll. That's very sweet. I'm on, I'm in like 52nd minute of the movie, so 42nd minute. Nice. So you just fast forward to 42. Uh, Tony Sparks is in the movie, he plays a bartender named Tony Star, uh, Sparks. Yeah, oh, nice. That's horrible. He is horrible. He is horrible in that film. I don't have anything to, you know, just let's Obviously. be honest. It was terrible. He did a terrible job. I like the rest of the film, and I liked your performance, too. All right. Well, hey, you know, you said it, not me. So uh, <laughs> the godfather of uh, uh, San Francisco comedy has some criticism. Has some critics, I guess. But yeah, you have yeah. to check out the movie to see it. Thank you, everyone. All right. Well, that's it. Uh, Carl, uh, check out Carl at Scotty's in Scottsdale. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> now, it's Scotty's Pub and Comedy Cove every weekend I'm hosting. But just go to carlsucks.com. But don't worry about me. Worry about Mike. Worry about seeing the Thieves Code on Amazon Prime. All right, yeah. Steve, Carl, that's been our show, audience. Thank Thanks, you guys, guys so much. Thank you, Lou. Thank you, Pam Benjamin. See you next week. Let's watch a full length movie on you. With Mike Spiegelman Let's watch a full length Movie on YouTube With Mike Spiegelman
German strudels. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. Uh, that's the French duh, not the <laughs> duh, duh. Now let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Michael show we are going to watch a full length movie on youtube with you let us do it uh you can follow us on our podcast l-w-a-f-l-m-o-y-t always bring that up up front yeah. love to say that we are streaming right now on mutinyradio.fm as we do first on sundays at 2 p.m pacific standard time mutinyradio.fm has a lot of great programming a lot of uh, long-running live comedy shows uh, as well as community shows so check them out donate to their venmo at Radio. Check out the website, find a new show, follow their podcast as well. Yes. Uh, we're excited to be on it. Carl, what is the movie we're watching today? We are watching Thunderground, 1989. Thunderground. So it's the word thunder and then the word ground as one word because it's underground. Wait, this, gonna have. The, this is a pun, Carl. We're entering pun territory, right? Mm-hmm. No, it's a portmanteau. To thunder and underground and combined it, right? Like, this is what Humpty Dumpty was telling Alice during To the Looking Glass. Oh, we've gone through the Looking Glass. All right, Thunderground, 1989. Go ahead and type it in. Hey, Carl, who's hosting the movie? Uh, we like the channel Draven. D Draven. Draven. I, you know, when I saw that this movie was on Draven's channel, I just said, that is so Draven. That is so, so Draven. That's why I subscribe. Oh, yeah. Subscribe All to Draven. Mm-hmm. All right. So here's the deal. We want you to go ahead and find 
Underground 1989. It's on a channel uh, posted by Draven. Uh, when you find it, click the link and then immediately hit pause right there. And then fiddle with the timer. Uh, right now I'm trying to fiddle with my mobile phone. Uh, and then hit pause and move the timer to zero, zero, zero. Carl has scoured the world that he yeah. found himself a celebrity comedian. Right. Uh, from, uh, which, which exit this week? Uh, this week it will be from New Jersey. Oh, New Jersey. Okay, well, that's fair enough. Which exit? Is that what you said? Oh, how how rude of me. That's so rude of me. Exit 146 on the parkway. 146 on the parkway. Fair enough. It's a great exit. Uh, Lots of good... uh, good, I like the mayor of that exit. You know, I believe that exit has a Arby's and a Chevron and a Roy Rogers off of it. (laughs) I know you're right because every exit in Jersey does. Yeah, and the Howard Johnson. Okay, uh, back in the day. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're very excited to have this comedian who I'm not aware of, but I'm now a fan of. Uh, introduce the movie. Uh, when they say go, go ahead and click go, and then I'll be back. But, Carl, take it away. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back once again to the Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Carl C. Kellan. Hey, Carl. What's going on? Well, the first thing I wanted to raise... I mean, we see each other around the open mic scene. I'm up north, you're down south, but we bump into each other. I really thought we were name buddies. Turns out <laughs> your name is Mike. This is a stage name. How did that come about? I don't know. Really. Like, uh, it's like I was talking to my friend one day, and we started going back and forth doing our old, like, Willie Loman voice. We, um, we loved uh, Death of a Salesman with uh, mm. Dustin Hoffman because we just thought he was – I don't know. I don't know if it's a good performance, like, literarily or whatever it's called, but he was just so weird and over the top. Like, Lee J. Cobb played him, like, miserable, angry guy. Mm-hmm. And Dustin Hoffman, we just thought, was hilarious. So, I don't know. So this is, like, a lot of time later. We're just bullshitting back and forth, talking like this voice. And we started calling each other Carl and Cal because we thought it was funny that their names were basically, like, one letter off, but they were yeah. best friends. And um, I just started doing the voice on stage, so I kind of just became Carl all the time. And it was born. Gotcha. I think your accent sounds like a North Jersey, you know, like a Brooklyn accent. Am I wrong on that? Connie, New Jersey. Yes. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And also all wrapped up within your persona is his attitude and the hats you wear. Where did these hats come from? I don't know. Just I started in the winter and I was always cold mm-hmm. and I get when I get nervous and cold, it, it's just worse for me. So I just <laughs> said to myself, I'm just going to like cover myself. And I never wore like a hat like this in my life, to be honest. Like I used to play baseball and would occasionally like wear a baseball hat or something yeah, like outside yeah. of it. But I don't know. I just started doing it almost as like a little like just something to like loosen myself up. Just going like I look like a fucking asshole. You know, just to, like, get get out of my own head a little bit and, like, fight the nerves. And then I just, it just became, like, uh, I don't really perform without one. Now, recently, um, Richard Dweck gave me the sad news that the Brighton Bar is closed down. I know you were a big part of that scene there. Um, every time I've ever gone down there, it's, a, like, an hour and a half drive for me, but I just want to be in front of strangers. And there you are. What is your take on this place closing down? 
Um, I was just as like surprised as everybody. Just really sad about it because like like you're saying, like uh, we developed a pretty good thing over the last few years with Angelo yeah. running the open mics. And then on Tuesday, um, I don't know if you ever came on a Tuesday. Did you ever come to like 